I respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yugambeh language region, the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, and pay my respects to their elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Hello and welcome to Miss Inclusivity, the podcast. It is just your host today. It is just myself. And I originally had a different pre-recorded podcast episode that was going to go live this week, but I thought since the craziness and the whirlwind of my stories that I put up onto my Instagram, Miss Inclusivity, if you don't already follow me, um, that I put up this series of stories about sourcing your own placements. Um, this whole topic came about purely because my university does not allow us to have a say in any shape or form of what school we are able to go to for our placements. And the main one was obviously that I was more concerned about was for my final placement. Um, as it's been said multiple times that 80% of PRAC students will land a job in the school that they do their final placement at. So my argument to my university was simply, why can I not simply just do my placement at a school of my choice? I was sending emails back and forth and um, asking questions and I was basically just getting direct answers. No, no, you cannot. A little bit of a backtrack. The school that I would love to do my final placement at is a great school. Um, it is a private school in um, the area, sort of, that I live in on the Gold Coast. Um, and I am a bit further away from my university campus. So now they usually do, and they have been very good to me in the past, placing me at certain schools that are very close to me. So my first placement back in 2016, before I deferred, and came back and finished my degree, um, was literally five minutes down the road from me, five minutes down the road. I was so lucky. Um, and then when I had my second placement, which was the end of last year, I was lucky enough to be placed 10 minutes down the road. So I've been super lucky and I haven't had to travel far at all. However, now that I live, so I found out now, apparently on the border of where my university has the cutoff for where they will source the placements. So my suburb is the last suburb that they will place a student. Like that's how far away they will go. So the chances of me being placed far away from where I live is very high. Um, so I obviously did not want that. And I obviously want to say in where I can go, enter the school that I've now had experience at. So I've done a couple of teacher rating days at this school and it's just casual. So it's not like a permanent position. I do have a contract at a different school. A few people did message me and saying, look, you're going to have an issue with this school because, you know, that's going to be a conflict of interest, blah, 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 blah. It's not apparently. Apparently it's not a conflict of interest. So if you read through all of your pre, um, pre-service teacher requirements, your documents, obviously they make say that you need to put down anywhere that you have employment. Um, I actually did this last time and I still got placed at a school that I did like two days of teacher rating there, but it's because it's simply casual. 
um, and it's not your permanent place of um, employment. So you don't have to worry about that. So if I, you know, need to go and put my list of conflict of interest down now, I would have to put the school down that I have this term contract with because I know the school inside out now, especially the upper years. So, yeah, so I would like a say and I was emailing and I was very stern. As you would have seen on my stories, I made sure that I wanted to be stern with this university and stand my ground, you know, because I've spoken to so many people, especially on the teachergram, and they all say that even pre-COVID, because obviously COVID has had an effect on placements and stuff, that these schools, these universities are letting students have at least a priority list. I know it's not a guarantee, but it's still nice to know that the university is going to look at these sorts of things. It's your career that you're getting set up for. We're paying tens of thousands of dollars to go to these universities to apparently set us up for our careers. But, you know, we all know that there's gaps in what universities teach us. That's a whole nother topic. But there should be at least a priority list in every single university. So I decided to take it upon myself and do some research, as you may have seen on my Instagram stories. Now, I put four options onto my poll. One of them was saying, create a priority list of schools that you would like. Um, The next one was you would have no say at all in your university placement. Um, Third option was that you have somewhat of a say. So maybe you got to choose public or private or you just want state. There's quite a lot of universities that do that. I know the other university here on the Gold Coast does do that. Um, And the last one is sorted your own placement, which I was actually surprised by how many people said that. Um, But, yes, so I also reiterated on my stories that, you know, that's only four different types of answers that you could have provided. However, I was bombarded with dozens and dozens of DMs and we we're going back and forth and having these conversations, which I love so much. I mean, message me anytime if you're listening to this, message me about anything. I love, you know, talking about things. Clearly, this is why I have a podcast. And if you want to even talk about it in more depth, then jump on the podcast with me. I'm more than happy to have anybody on. I love sitting here and having a chat with people about everything in related to teaching, education, balancing lifestyle, etc. So those were my four options. Now, funnily enough, 56%, I've done the maths of this, I'm not going to give you the logistics of the numbers, but 56% of people who responded just to that poll had at least somewhat of a say, which then left with 44% have no say at all, which mind blows me because if 46% of like the people that have responded to this don't get a say in their placements. How is that going to set up them for their career? I know that, you know, some people can end up in these amazing schools and I haven't had any issues at my placement schools. But what if you don't get a good one? What if you end up with a mentor teacher that you clash heads with, which I've seen happen so many times. I saw it on my last placement with one of the other students who was on placement at my school. It's just a whirlwind of, you know, sourcing placements. It should be an option, I believe, that at least a priority list. I know there are some circumstances where there's universities who are quite small um, and, you know, they basically tell the students to go and source their own placements, which is a lot of pressure, especially for people who have only done their first or second placement. It's absolutely crazy. Um, But I feel like it's more important when it's your final placement. Um, 
you know, I even had another person message me and saying that she was placed at a Catholic school. She is not religious whatsoever, but she was told that she had to teach religious studies. Now, this is obviously something that she didn't want to do in her career. She reiterated that to me, but she was still placed at a Catholic school. She apparently tried to fight it with a university and they turned around and said, no, well, it's too late now. Otherwise you can find your placement. And she was placed at this Catholic school two weeks before she was meant to start. How is somebody meant to go and source their own placement and tell this school, hey, actually, you need to have me for five weeks starting in two weeks time? So she ended up biting the bullet and she did it, although she was uncomfortable. Obviously, it taught her a lot, but she just said it wasn't the nicest experience and she wished she could have at least had a say in the fact that she would rather go into the state or public sector, depending on the state that you're in. Here in Queensland, we call them state schools. In um, New South Wales, I know we, we call them public schools. While we're on the topic of religion, there was another person who I was messaging back and forth, lovely, lovely lady. And she said that she got placed at a Catholic school as well and she's actually Muslim and she wears a hijab. And so obviously she was quite nervous walking into the school because there wouldn't be anybody else at that school that would be wearing a hijab and she would be questioned a lot about it. However, it turns out that two other Prax students got placed at that school and they were both hijab-wearing students. So there ended up being three Prax students on at that school that were hijab wearing. And obviously it exposed these children who are just taught, you know, very strictly, you know, Catholicism is a way of life. Um, however, you know, I'm not saying Catholic schools are very strict on that. They do broaden out and they do um, promote inclusivity, but it's not something that these students would have been exposed to, which I think that that would have benefited both the prac student and the students in the classroom as well. So there is that as well. You know, there's the flip side of it saying that, you know, if you don't have a say, you'll be exposed to other things that will challenge you. Um, but I still stand forth in um, the fact that, you know, especially final year students should absolutely have a say. Um, another topic that was spoken about a lot whilst I was on my DMs is just like the income. It's such a taboo subject and I know it's so stressful for so many people, but the fact that we are doing long days, and I understand it is part of our degree, I know, but the freaking out of income was just a topic that we were spoken about, about placement as well, so much. So obviously, if you're placed so far away for my university, they can place me up to 90 kilometers away from my house. Imagine how much money you would be spending on travel to get to and from school every single day for, for me, this placement is six weeks for six weeks whilst you're not getting paid. I know there are some people out there that will be able to get at a Centrelink income or, you know, they get these loans from universities. Um, I don't think I want to add a loan onto my university. I'm already paying them back like $27,000 or something like that. And I can't actually get Centrelink. So it's, I know it's a very taboo subject and I know there's some other people out there that are like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Because some people live with their parents and others save for months on end. But for me, I basically in the last month or so have only just recovered from not being paid while I was on placement last, which went from October to November 
and then you have Christmas and New Year's. So then I've only just been able to get back onto my two feet. So it's just a taboo subject that's not spoken about. And I think it needs to be spoken about a bit more. Um, I'm more than happy to do a podcast episode on this as well to explore everybody's options and advice that people do while on on uni placement. How, how do you navigate the income side of it? Because it is so, so tricky. But yeah, I just, that's my opinion on it anyway. I believe a lot of people have different opinions. But I think that's where I wrap this quick episode up. I know it's a quick one and it's just me sitting here and talking. But like I said, if you have any other questions, obviously my DMs are always open. If this is a topic or there was a point in this podcast that brought up some ideas for you as such and you would like to jump on the podcast and have a talk about it, feel free to swing me an email, missinclusivity at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, I would, all else I can say is for this might be like one of the last times I'm going to be on here by myself for a little while now until maybe the end of March, I think. Um, there's exciting stuff coming guys. Super, super exciting stuff coming. Um, I've been working really, really, really hard in between, um, teacher rating and then before university comes back. I'm going to make sure that this is all behind the scenes stuff is all done by the time I go back to university and um, hopefully I can share the news with you soon. But yeah, it's really, really exciting. Um, I cannot thank you all enough again for the love this week after, you know, my little rant on Instagram. The love is so appreciated from you guys and I look forward to the next episode of the podcast where I'll have another jolly host back on. Um, where it's not just me just sitting here talking. So it's not just going to be my little old bogan voice that you're going to hear anymore. So I'll see you next week, friends. Enjoy the rest of your week. Bye.